Well, welcome to a special See Here Love episode as we can conclude our Justice Week here. We started off with Philip Calvert uh, talking about his personal story of how he got involved in uh, in justice and in working with International Justice Mission Canada. He talked about human trafficking and slavery, online sexual exploitation, and December. And we're continuing that conversation with this incredible woman, Jocelyn White, who serves as the Director of Partner Engagement for International Justice Mission in the United States out of Tennessee. And what a conversation. You know, these kinds of conversations are hard, but with Jocelyn uh, today, it was really hopeful as we talked about the how and why of, of giving, the how and why of serving, the how and why of being this shadow soldier, um, the importance of community and how God is about the one. And that when you're overwhelmed by the pure numbers of those in slavery right now of 40 million, which is the, st the state of California, it's about the one and saving the one and rescuing the one and liberating the one. So uh, this week is Giving Tuesday. Our encouragement is that after you hear this conversation with myself and Jocelyn, you will give to IJM, IJM.ca slash see here love. Um, give what you can to help rescue those uh, that are enslaved, that are being exploited. Uh, yeah, I think it's time that if you're, if you're on the fence or you've been on the sidelines, uh, it's time to make a step forward. So without further ado, here is my convicting and fun and challenging and inspiring and informative conversation with Jocelyn White. Hey everyone, Merry Christmas, and we have a special challenge for you today. Uh, first off, we want to share that we have partnered again with International Justice Mission Canada and December Canada to offer an opportunity for you and I to end slavery and human trafficking. And what that means, December, is you commit to wearing a dress, the same dress, or I guess a, a, a dress every single day of December to bring awareness uh, to the issues of slavery and human tra trafficking. Or you can wear a tie, if you're a guy, every single day. And you can get involved by going to ijm.ca slash seeherelove and creating a fundraising page to say to people, hey, I'm going to wear a dress and I want you to fundraise um, in support of the work of IJM. And so you tell your colleagues, your friends, your family, anybody who will give uh, to go to this, your page, to help you raise money to stop slavery and human trafficking. Now, I did this a couple years ago. I'm going to tell you something. It was, it was good the first three days because <laughs> I had a black dress and I accessorized it with like a scarf or some, some jewelry. But I'll be honest, by day four or five, it was really challenging. And I remember I had to take some moments where, as I was frustrated about wearing the same dress and having to borrow accessories from my girlfriends, I had to take a pause because I realized this was just a small little challenge uh, that represented huge challenges of my sisters and women around the world that are struggling with slavery and human trafficking. It was really good for me 
uh, to feel, and it seems so ins insignificant, but to feel this kind of frustration and pain and inconvenience, but then say, I'm doing this to help my sisters who are in great need and in distress and in despair. And for all the days of December, it really helped me think through and pray for uh, the women that are struggling today. So I really want to encourage you to join us for December. Go to ijm.ca slash love for more information of how you can get involved. And it's a way to rally your girlfriends, your community to all do the same. Hey, listen, you don't have to worry about what you're going to wear <laughs> every day because it's the same outfit. But no, it's a bigger cause. There's a bigger reason because we want to stop injustice. Um, we want to lift up the poor and we want to see a world where all people are free. So go to ijm.ca slash see here love and join us for December and giving hope to so many sisters and brothers of ours around the world. Well, Jocelyn White, I am so pleased to have you here on See Here Love for our podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, this is great. So uh, timely for us to chat. We're, we've got Giving Tuesday this week. And we are in sort of Justice Week and in partnership with International Justice Mission, IJM. And so I'm glad you're here because there's lots for us to chat about. Uh, and I think I have a lot of questions for you. But let's start off, Jocelyn, with your story in how you made it to this point as the Director of Partner Engagement for IJM. How did, did you always want to do this kind of work, Jocelyn, or is there another story thread um, in your journey? Well, I think for me, it started back in 2008. I was working at a church at that time, and we would always attend a leadership summit every year. And Gary Haugen, IJM's founder, spoke, and it was the first time I heard two different things. One, that human trafficking existed, and two, that God had a heart for justice. And he played this short video clip of a rescue operation and these little girls were being let out of literally a dungeon. And they were only let out to service men before IJM came. And that sense mm -hmm. of feeling as though they were my own family overcame me. And I remember looking at their little faces and connecting with the idea that, wow, this could be happening to my own nieces. And I was wrecked. So that was mm. the very beginning of my journey. And I literally wrestled for almost a whole year with two things. How did I not know about the second largest mm. organized crime in the world? How did I not know? And how did I not know that God actively invites his people to seek justice, to rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan and plead the widow, actively inviting us to join him in doing these things. And so I wrestled with those two things uh, for, oh, for over a year, but that was the beginning of my journey. Wow. Two good questions, Jocelyn. Like I got, got chills. Mm. How did I not know? How did I not know? And how, I, I love that because that's a big, big thing. And it could be that we just Because <laughs> for some people, they do know. Right. What's that? And it could be just sometimes we're just not listening or we're not looking around that we're so trapped in our right. own like like 
singular focus of ourselves that we're just not taking the time and intentionality to open our ears and have that willingness to be open to what else is going on around us. That's really good. So, so you're saying that it could be we're, we're not opening ourselves up to what is happening. The other part, Jocelyn, could be we may have an inkling. Mm. <laughs> we may know, but we also may know what the cost may be for us, yeah. what the change may be for yeah. us, what the sacrifice may be for us. And that makes us uncomfortable. That makes us like convicted. <laughs> and challenged because we like the comfort of what we have and that could be it too, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's a lot of reasons why we don't. I think that's really good. And I think the second question about, you know, really not knowing about how like God actively, mm -hmm. right, is introducing, instructing us to care for the most vulnerable and most marginalized, right? Because he has like what you've said, has a heart of justice. Yes, he does. Did you not know that? Did you not know that about Jesus? You know what? Like, I didn't. No one. I grew up in the mm. church. I was working at a church. And no one really did an intentional teaching on that. Wow. When I went back after meeting with some folks from IJM who just said, do you really understand? Do you have a deep understanding of God's heart for justice? And my answer was like, no. And so I just did wow. this intentional, intentional search. And it's all over the Bible. But for some reason, no one really kind of pointed those out for me, you know? Um, like mm. the miracles were all around maybe healing the sick and feeding the poor, which are miraculous, but there are the miracles of fighting injustice and serving those who are being oppressed and what that looks like tangibly to people who are suffering. I mean, I think for me, one of the strongest ways to understand the gospel and frankly, the goodness of God is when somebody just stops the hand of the abuser, right? Literally mm. just stops it because, um, mm. you know, you can visit people in prison and, and share a Bible with them, which is wonderful because I believe that the Bible and the word of God is active, but what if you got them out of their plight, Right. And I think that's mm -hmm. just a whole nother dimension of God's goodness that we can bring to other people. You know, Jocelyn, it's, I love that you're in this place, but I'm grieved mm -hmm. in your own experience that the church, and, and I get this. I mean, I've been a church girl uh, for a long time, for my whole life, but I don't remember strong justice preaching, teaching, youth group conversations about it. Like you could go on a mission trip. You could go and we could help, like pass the plate and, you know, we raise money. But I, you're right. I don't remember really like an active, this is God's heart. This is justice. This is what it looks like. What does it look like to stand up against injustice? What does it look like to, you know, um, mobilize, use your voice, use what you have, to bring about change or, or be an effective, like peacemaker. Right. Um, that's really interesting. I, I mean, I, I, that's interesting to me because I wonder how many churches really aren't speaking that way. How did you, <laughs> they, they may think they are, they may think they are, but right, they're not. Right. And how, what was the aha moment for you? Do you remember? Wow. I mean, I grew up as a missionary kid. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, here's the thing. I, I'm, a, you know, I'm adopted by a Canadian family, and I was adopted out of a orphanage in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So I, my whole life has come out of care for the most vulnerable. Yeah. The choice of my parents, Canadian parents, leaving the comforts of Canada to care for the poor and to share good news and shalom to those who didn't know about it. So my whole life was really steeped in it, Jocelyn. Um, I was surrounded by great need, you know, living in the Philippines at that time. I mean, we fostered children. We were caring for the most vulnerable we were sharing Jesus. Like, so, so it was really in me. And I think that's also my parents. My parents were huge and the community, my international community, whether they were missionaries or expats uh, growing up in the Philippines and Singapore, that was, that was their focus. So I, I have benefited mm-hmm. and have really received and have seen the modeling well of people sacrificing and being quite courageous in, in making a difference and, championing you know the most vulnerable around the world yeah um i think that when i came to canada it got a little sanitized (laughs) um and i don't think to be honest if i was really honest i don't know if people really wanted to hear it like i because there's like i said responsibility and sacrifice and what does that mean for my life especially in western culture i've noticed that a bit I, i mean i'm noticing the change now but when I came to Canada that was sort of the message like this is your life and a lot of it's about comfort and security and safety for yourself Mm. um and then and then I am married to an incredible man who is all about justice um and has been an ally to you know so many people groups that are oppressed and he works in international development he does a justice podcast. I mean, he is all about it. So in the partnership, I think that's been really amazing to have somebody who like aligns with what you, your heart is for. So, I mean, and I say that all because that's sort of been my, you know, my experience. I also worked at a not for, I I worked at World Vision Canada for seven years in advocacy and fundraising. So I, I also, I get that as well, but it's been a journey, you know, I'm still learning. And I think it's beautiful. I mean, there is something that arises when you're just exposed to extreme poverty, when you actually see mm-hmm. it and smell it and hear it yep. and have to deal with it uh, just about going out throughout your day. And, I, you know, I think human trafficking slavery, it's a very hard subject. Injustices are hard because they bring about pain. Yes. They bring upon like mm-hmm. our own wounds and so we don't want to get stuck there, right? And I love what you have shared on your podcast many times of like, today is not your forever. I think that's just so, so hopeful. <laughs> and I love that you say that. And to me, one of the stories that kind of illustrates our journey is when Simon is carrying the cross for Jesus on the way hmm. to the cross, right? Like, I feel like that's our role to to literally walk with people like Simon wasn't meant to take his place or to prevent Jesus's pain right and eventually mm-hmm. led to redemption mm-hmm. but his role was to just walk with him in his pain maybe hold a little bit of the burden that he had um, but I think for us I think we can learn from that that maybe we can just help lift 
the burden off of our neighbors just a little bit, but they're, they're, there's a plan for that, that road that they're intended to take. And it, often if it is, well, always, if it's towards Jesus, it's a road to redemption, but the suffering and trauma on the way sometimes could be part of the plan. And that's really, really hard to accept. And I wrestled with mm-hmm. that all the time, right? And there's been so many theological questions on suffering. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't have all of the answers because I have what I think and I want to believe, and then I have real life. And they have to they have to reconcile. And sometimes I'm just stuck with my questions and my doubts. And I've learned mm-hmm. over time, especially in this work, it's okay right? I'm just supposed to walk along with Jesus in this pain that he endures and just trust that the road is going to lead to redemption. It's good. You know, as women, and, you know, I I heard, I don't even know where I heard this from. (laughs) Could even be my husband or I, I don't know. We were talking about peace the other day and we were talking about like, I may be at peace, but if my sister is not at peace, we're talking about peacemaking. If my sister is not at peace, then I cannot be at peace. Like there was a there was a communal connection. I think I'm because I think what I'm trying to do, Jocelyn, is try to help people understand we are not individuals and isolated. Right. Like we are all connected. Right. So in, and literally in the scripture about the body. Yeah. So if I'm all like I'm comfortable, life is great. Look at me, it's like great life. And literally there are hundreds of thousands of people suffering. Then I can't, you know. <laughs> we have to take a moment and pause and say, wait a second, if we are all one body and, and somebody is hurting, then we hurt and we help. Mm-hmm. We don't just sit there and go, great. My life is great. And, and that's it. Right. right. So I'm trying to get at like, how do we, and again, you don't want to manipulate, you don't want to force, you don't want to shame anybody to be justice people and have a heart for this. Mm-hmm. Right. And do, do this. But there's a couple things, and, and I'd love your thoughts because, there, like you said, there's a call of God to be actively involved in justice and caring for those. Mm-hmm. And yet I struggle because there's a lot of people that just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Either, you know, don't want to do it, have no interest, don't care. And Jocelyn, it's frustrating. I know it, girl. Like, I, I get frustrated, and I'm trying, and I don't want to get angry. And then I'm like, God, it's righteous anger. <laughs> and I, you know, then I'm like, well, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm talking on and on, but what are your thoughts? Because it just, I, you know, I want to encourage those who are working in this field. I want to encourage those who are like, I'm one of the Mel. I don't know if I care. Like, how do you get people mobilized to realize the, the you know, these issues? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, well, my part of my story is, like I mentioned, I was working at a church and I had, was mm-hmm. on the executive team and I presented this whole idea of doing a justice task force. And to make a very long story short, I was told that I couldn't do it and to, you know, do what God's called me to do, but to not, there was no place at the church for it at that time. And that was really mm-hmm. painful and really hurtful. And if there was an, a whole nother show on that and how I dealt with that, but, um, but what I've learned over time is that if God's calling you to do something, you just go and you invite people to join you. And it surprised me. I I remember this. The first like four or five people who joined me, I was doing walkathons and passing out flyers and all of that, 
were all people who were not believers. And they just, they were like, Jocelyn, I love your passion and your heart and desire for it. And though my connection with it might not be from a faith place and faith inspired place, I come from it in a human place and I want to be with you. Like, tell me what to do. And literally like they would walk the streets with me. They taught classes with me at homes and, you know, they they just listened to the things that I shared. And I think you just move forward. You invite people along the way and you're always surprised as to who joins you. So I think our role is the invitation, just like just like Jesus, yes, right? Good. He invites us. And then you just have to give people the freedom to use their will to, to join you or not. And they have their own journey. It might not be their time. For me, like I, you know, we all have stories of pain. And I think people have a hard time because this issue is so painful that, and they don't have much hope. So they don't want to enter into more pain if they don't feel like it's useful mm-hmm. or there's an end in sight. But I, what I do know mm-hmm. is that we have all felt at some point unseen, betrayed, violated, abandoned, and hurt in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And we all can get stuck in our pain and the entanglements of our hearts and our minds. But what hope provides is a way out of it. And it usually involves mm-hmm. either one, sharing our own story, or two, being the answer to someone else's prayer by sitting with them and holding them up as they make their way back to the God who loves them and shares their Mm -hmm. same scars. And hope also sends us to freely live out our purpose. So I think that's Mm -hmm. when we're sharing the invitation, we also have to provide the hope in the journey. I love that. You know, Jocelyn, part of my story, I'll just say this. So when my birth mother gave me up for adoption, she was a teenager Mm -hmm. And very poor, um, not an ideal situation, ended up southern Philippines as a farmer's wife with a number of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've shared the story before, but we, we hired some men. We found her. It's a huge story, a long journey I talk about. Um, it's pretty miraculous. But I remember when people asked me and uh, – what is the first thing you're going to say to her when you see her after 30 years? And all wow. I, and so I said, all I could think of is thank you. Mm. Now, when my adopted father and her met and we captured it on tape and it was like probably the most holy, sacred experience I've ever experienced. Um, my dad, through the interpreter, bent down to her. She's a really little Filipino mm. woman and said, you know, Dory, thank you for being brave and courageous and going through with the pregnancy and giving us a daughter whom we love. And I will never forget this Jocelyn. She looks up at my dad and through the interpreter says, and thank you, Mr. Esterbrooks for answering the prayer of a young girl and a mom for 30 years. Oh, you made me cry. I have prayed. I know I have prayed for my baby. Did not know if I would ever see her and prayed that she would be safe Mm -hmm. and that she would have opportunity. And here's the thing about that. So she wasn't a Christian when we met her, but here's this, the most vulnerable and forgotten girl mm-hmm. and in God's miraculous supernatural way of finding one another, she is thanking my dad for answering a prayer that she never knew would 
be answered or she'd ever know the outcome. Mm. And that's where I see the power of this prayer of, of, you know, God's love for all people, mm-hmm. no matter where they're at in their life or what has been done. And I remember my dad leaning down and the entire place, Jocelyn, was oh, bawling. I'm like I'm, I'm witnessing this <laughs> moment of two humans never meeting and yet I'm the connecting point and 30 years of never knowing finally we knowing and her prayers are answered because I believe God is like, I am for the least of these. She was the least of these people within her province. Mm. Um, and I believe that I believe that we are the answer to, I've always said this, we are the answer to many people's prayers and we miss it though. We miss a lot of the times those whispers or those proddings Mm. or, you know, those very obvious moments because we're too afraid or we don't want to be embarrassed or it's uncomfortable, but we are the answer to people's prayers mm-hmm. in, in what we do, what we say, our finances. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said that, that hope is about sharing our own story so that people know that they're not alone. And hope is also being the answer to people's prayers that they are praying, you know, for help, reprieve, mm-hmm opportunity healing anything else that's jocelyn that's fantastic it's powerful but and i see that mm-hmm. i see i I've, I've witnessed that kind of power of prayer i love it i love it that's so hopeful and sometimes so we hopeful. don't know how to pray right and 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 yeah. what matter to show up before god because we're so much mm. in depth in our pain and i remember one of our our clients at ijm was a young girl who was in a brothel and she was Hindu. And one of the girls in the brothel said, have you heard of this God named Jesus? And she said, no, I, I haven't, but let me try praying for them. Cause in the Hindu religion, it's very common to pray to multiple gods. So what she mm-hmm. would do is every day, just say the name Jesus because she didn't know how to approach him. She had never heard of this God. So she would just say Jesus and then acknowledge the other gods mm-hmm. that she prayed to. Little did she know that IJM was, well, that God was assembling his kids at IJM to rescue Mm. her out of her plight and for her to experience the goodness of God so that, and her nightmare ending, right? And it's such a beautiful story. And she eventually became a believer herself, right? After just asking like, how how did you come to know where I was and find me? And, you know, that's a whole long story there. But her, that was her, her like, redemptive journey. She, mm-hmm. and I think that's just so beautiful and that we can just kind of show up even one where we don't even know what to say. And I think that's the grace of God. And I think yeah. for me, especially the last couple of years, I've just had to ask, am I just willing to show up before him, you know? And um, I might not have anything to say because I can't come up with the words but this is who I am right now and and that's okay Jocelyn's so good let's talk about so we've, we've kind of talked about motivation and hope mm. but I do want to talk about you know the work that you do okay. like you know IJM have always loved this organization have a lot of people that are fans of IJM <laughs> Um, and I want to talk more about, you know, for people to understand human trafficking and slavery, Mm -hmm. 
I know there's online sexual exploitation, but I, I think it's important to reiterate again what is happening. So, and here, and you know, I did learn this from Oprah. I remember uh, sitting listening to Oprah and she was interviewing a woman. I can't even remember something about something with women in Africa. And she was sort of exposing what was going on. And I'll never forget when Oprah says, now that you know, you have a responsibility to choose if you're going to do something about it or not. It is now on you. Like, like Oprah basically said, now you know you can't plead ignorance because we've now informed you. And now you have a choice if you're going to do something about it. And it was like the most powerful thing. So it was empowering, but also it was like, now we have it. Like, we can't go, oh, I didn't know that wasn't, that wasn't happening in the world, you know? And I think that's the same thing here. It's like, if people don't know, then we need to tell them. And then you're right. You, you've mentioned, and now it's your choice or your own free will to then decide what you're going to do with that information, what you're going to do with these stories, mm -hmm. and if you are going to help or not. But so let's tell the people, Jocelyn, mm -hmm. <laughs> so they can't say they don't know. But I, I really think it's important that we know what's really going on in the world in these areas, in, in slavery, in human trafficking, and in, you know, online sexual exploitation. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe you can talk about, I think, slavery. I think there's a lot of people like, what do you mean slavery? I think let's just chat about that and, and really understand what is happening and how we can really help uh, in this area. Yeah, and you know, I think there's a couple of different ways people end up in slavery, right? There's forced fraud or coercion, and some, especially our youngest clients, they're, they just happen to be under the watch of just really bad people. Right. And it's just so, so hard um, that just even as we speak right now, there are men, women and children held against their will to to go about their day. Right. Like just even think about mm -hmm. I want to decide what time to wake up this morning or <laughs> go to work and what job I want. Like not having any of those liberties to to go about your day, to practice the things that you believe is just really, really challenging. And, and there are just, there are about 4 billion people in the world that live outside of the protection of the law. And for mm -hmm. those, they're the most vulnerable people, right? Like these are the areas where there's really no 911 that will respond to a call. And mm -hmm. where we live, right? Yes, law enforcement is not perfect, but for the most part, if there is an emergency, we have we think of oftentimes the police to call or the fire department to call or a hospital to go to, and just not having those as options can feel really really desperate, and it's really hard to to place yourself there, um, and it and it's really really challenging, and to be honest, Melinda, I have a hard time sometimes sitting with it. Do you? I mean, you've, you've seen what extreme poverty looks like, right? You've grown up in a place mm -hmm. of, of really great challenges and trauma. And how have you processed slavery as you've just engaged with it over the years? Because I also know that you've been following the work of IJM and slavery for quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you're right. Like when I first really heard the numbers mm -hmm. like at first you're just like you know slavery doesn't happen anymore like I actually really thought right. that like like I, I saw extreme poverty 
and when I was young, I wasn't connecting slavery. And then I think it was actually IJM when I was in my 20s, came to our church and stared about it. And I honestly, Jocelyn, could not believe the numbers. Yeah. I'm like, that's impossible. Yeah. Like, I thought Wilberforce ended that. Like, I, I don't know, right. we, we hear about Wilberforce and everything, right? right? But but then I think the definition of slavery was important for me because I think I thought of it as, as a certain way. Mm. But when it was redefined, like, you know, and I, I don't know the IJM definition, but this, you know, that people don't they don't have their free will to make decisions and they're controlled by companies or people. Mm -hmm, right. right? Um, I was really shocked. Like I, I was like, that's impossible. I can't believe that. Mm -hmm. um, so the number is huge. It still is hard for me to get my yeah, head around it. Like when I was talking people. to your colleague, yeah. Philip, yeah, I, I was like, there's no yeah. way. And yeah. <laughs> and I was like, how can that be that that many people are in slavery and life still continues as it does? Right. Like that's, I think that's my yeah. challenge. Like how can that be when that's happening in the world and yet we still continue on life as usual and these people are enslaved? Sure, sure. That's the difficulty. There's, you know, 40 million people in the world that are enslaved. And uh, I remember I lived in the state of California in the U.S. for a while. And that's about the population of that one state. Right, and you just kind of imagine every single person that exists in this state yeah. would be enslaved, which is which is crazy. And you know, Melinda, in my role, I, I get the privilege of connecting with our partners to not only present opportunities for them to invest in our work, which are deeply meaningful to them as they fight human trafficking, but I also get to mm -hmm. share the impact of their partnership, which to me is honestly like my favorite part because I've had. Yeah, the opportunity awesome. to actually see our work on the field and, and explain mm -hmm. to them like, no, I've held the hand of a little child who was held in the most brutal circumstances for oh. her entire childhood. But now I'm sitting here, we're holding hands, we're, we're painting, we're worshiping and you know, it's beautiful. I have, oh, I have to tell you this one story. There's a story on- Yeah, do tell, I love stories. I love on stories. IJM's website. So a young girl, her name was Cassie and her story is on like our YouTube channel. And she was a survivor of online sexual exploitation, OSEC. And we were at a retreat together and we were um, just kind of sharing and just chatting about what fun dances we liked doing, what our favorite music was. And then the subject of God came up and she said, you know what, Ate, which means older sister, before uh, I hated God and then IJM came and now I have a relationship with him and I, I just want you to know that I just got baptized. Oh, oh my gosh, I can't oh. think about it. Um, and I can still hear mm -hmm. her sweet little voice singing and the joy mm -hmm. that she has and the dreams that she has and, and that's what when someone gets to partner with organizations like IJM gets to be a part of. And then I feel like I have the great privilege to share with them. Like this, this is, these are real lives that you're changing and it's just such a fun thing to do together because we need each other. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's so important to share the stories Right. I think maybe that's that's the key, Jocelyn, because we can be overwhelmed by the 
40 million, but it's the one. And it's always been the one for Jesus, right? It's always the one. And so that's a beautiful story. It's the one that you've rescued and liberated. And then the ultimate liberator and savior, Jesus comes in and like literally gives her hope. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. And there's always going to be naysayers, right? Like, really? Did I really help? I mean, what? You know, I'm just contributing X amount. I'm not really helping. And so this is the story that I share back. And this was a very impactful story for me. I was visiting the Philippines and we were in the room where the officers actually do the investigations for online sexual exploitation of children. When IJM first Mm -hmm. started this, the, the Philippine National Police only had one officer that was responsible for all cyber crimes, right? So this is money laundering, wow. identity theft, oh, and OSEC. Um, and so through our partnerships, we were able to quadruple the size to four investigators, which was amazing. And we were in this little room. It was wow. half the size of my own son's room. Electricity worked hmm. sometimes, and there was no running pl- plumbing in the bathroom, okay? Let that That's the scene where like this miraculous work happens. And one of the investigators said to me, you know what my job is? My job is to find all of the intelligence and to figure out the GPS location of where these, where the children are. And then I hand them over to a rescue team and they are the ones responsible to execute, excuse me, the rescue operation. That's his job. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, I may never get to meet the children that we've helped rescue, but I count it a blessing to be a shadow soldier. And I'm like, that's what we are. Like we can just show up to be shadow Shadow soldiers in this army, this collective army that is being Mm. invited to fight the evil of human trafficking and slavery. And that's it. And I think for, for those who feel like, can I really play a part? Yes. You can be an army, a shadow soldier in the army against human trafficking, and we will march onward, forward, and together, and we can always do more together, right? Yeah. Jocelyn, we're having, you know, Giving Giving Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, and that's really important. It's like, it's like we all stop. And we have all these options in places to give mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> for anybody that's working and not for profit. It's like, okay, where are we going to okay. give? But I, I think that's a, this is a perfect kind of segue into that. Cause I really want to get people to really give and get behind what IJM, IJM is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are ways that we can really practically help mm-hmm. uh, continue with, with this, like, you know, being shadow soldiers with um, the one with, with, you know, getting more of these stories um, of, of rescue and help. What can yeah. we do? Well, I have two invitations. Um, one is okay. obviously if you really feel led to support the work of IJM directly, we invite you to do that. But I have like a little bit um, more of a multidimensional challenge, I guess, for your listeners, and that's to consider joining the December campaign. Have you heard of December mm-hmm. at all, Melinda? Yes, I did it. I did it. And and the biggest joke was, is because I'm in Canada, Uh us Canadians always laugh because we're like, this campaign had to have come out of like California summer hot because I'm wearing a dress in minus 40 ladies. I'm just telling you, I'm wearing a black dress. (laughs) 
in minus 40 weather. And I'm just, I'm literally putting leggings on my boots, yes. my coat, my scarf, because, but I mean, I, so we, I did it a few uh-huh. years ago and it was amazing because this great, um, store was sponsoring my clothes and one of my favorite lines called smash and test out of British Columbia and Canada do these dresses. And so they gave me two dresses and they were just black cotton dresses long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I wore the same dress, but we kind of cheated that I could wear the same dress, but they were the same, like, but two. So I didn't no, have to one. wash every yeah. time. So that was really yeah. good. And I will say, um, it was interesting because, I mean, I love clothes. I love shoes. Everybody knows me because I always wear different outfits. Okay. And I, after day three, I was getting annoyed and I was getting troubled and I was getting all like, in like angsty. Yes. And I remember my husband going, what you're feeling now about lack of choice, mm-hmm. about the same, mm-hmm. about feeling restricted okay. is this little yes. teeny weeny compared to the sister that is enslaved and I remember Jocelyn going, oh, yes, like, that's the point. I got it. And I remember the whole month I did it. Like, I did not cheat. I wore the black dress. I had people coming, dropping off necklaces and accessories mm-hmm. to help me. Mm-hmm. It became a community thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that it, it's, an, it's an amazing campaign. But I want you to go more in detail because I was, like, kind of, like, doing it and, like, in my brain going, oh, it's my same black oh dress, you know, day, day 17. And then for Christmas, like I love dressing up for Christmas <laughs> and I'm like, here's my black dress for my Christmas. I wore that black dress for every Christmas yeah. party, every Christmas service, every family Christmas. And I was like, wow. And I came out of it after and I was like, okay, I learned a lot. I'm still processing a bit of that because I learned a lot about myself but also what that meant from me as a sister to a sister, you know, that was enslaved. But yeah. anyway, that, that was my experience. I'm just letting you know, it was crazy. It was a crazy and it was cold. And for that year, Jocelyn, I don't know, <laughs> but where I was outside of Toronto, it was hitting like minus 20. Oh my goodness. Minus like, oh, it was cold. And I'm wearing a dress. I'm like, I think I wore track pants one time underneath because oh, it was so. Yeah. Leggings and pants are allowed under cold. dresses. So, okay, I mean, okay, because it was really yeah. cold. <laughs> I, mean, I think the coldest place that I've ever been is Saskatchewan. Like, I... Yeah. Oh, no, that's oh, colder than Toronto oh, area. Gosh. Oh, that's that's yes, much colder. That, I can't imagine doing December <laughs> there. So if there's anybody doing December there, you are my hero. <laughs> yes, yes. <But> Melinda, <laughs> you know what's so funny is my first year doing December, I also wore a black dress. I only had one, though. I didn't have two. And it was made by a survivor. And... Um, and mm. it, it was super amazing. And what someone told me was, you know, women who are poor typically only have one dress in their lifetime. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm wearing this one dress. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna work it out, bring my scars and my accessories. <laughs> oh, wow. So I was like, that was the yeah. thing that I needed, right, to to motivate me. But mm-hmm. what would be helpful, Melinda? Should I just kind of share a little bit what dress is? I mean, yeah, share about it more like, about what the is dress. <laughs> They're like, okay, you guys are not talking about the dresses. Now, what is it about and what are you guys doing? Yeah, but well, love dresses. No, I'm kidding. Well, essentially, December is a it's a global campaign where you commit to wearing a dress or a tie every day for the month of December. And you use this style challenge as a platform to educate people on human trafficking and raise money to fight it. And 
believe it or not, there's still a lot of people out there that don't know human trafficking exists. And so you can advocate for millions of women and children who today are being explo exploited and abused by um, wearing a dress. You can be a shadow soldier in your dress or your tie and help IJM find and rescue those who are enslaved and literally end their nightmare. So that's what Tour Summer is. Mm -hmm. I love that. And then for guys, I heard that you can do the tie. Yes. You can do like a bow tie or a tie, the same one. Or now, Jocelyn, some people are like, well, could I do a dress every day? But I think it needs to be one dress. Now, I know I did the same. I did two dresses, but they were the same style yep. dress. Um, but I think it should be that one dress. Because I think if you just did a dress every day, different. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you, I, I, people can choose what they yes. want to do. I just think the how powerful it was for me to do that. Like I literally, I felt it. And for men, um, you know, if they wore a tie, the same tie every day, uh, that would be, I guess, equivalent. Or I guess maybe they could wear the same jacket. I mean, you really can do that and just and raise mon money and be an advocate. Yeah. Um, so I am so, like, I'm really excited for this campaign. Mm -hmm. I love that you guys have partnered with Drisember, like IJM, IJM US and Canada mm -hmm. partnering. And I think that's perfect for, um, yeah, for like for Tuesday. And for your first I, I think step, like giving Tuesdays, it's perfect. Like, pardon yeah. me, for, it's for your first step of advocacy. It's so great because Drisember makes it so easy because they create uh, memes for good. you to use and graphics and a guide. Yep. They provide the platform for you to to set up your own website. So they tool you for everything. Like your job is literally just to say yes to the dress, right? Like, oh yes, yes. Hey. yes to the dress, and let it change you, right? And and you know what? Advocacy isn't meant to be easy. It's not meant to be convenient, but it is worthwhile. Exactly. And I might dislike wearing a dress, especially in the cold. I typically don't wear dresses, to be honest. But oh, I no. just like human trafficking and slavery anymore, right? So, oh, that's good, Jocelyn. Say yes. That's yeah. good. <laughs> and it's you know, and I think that's the same thing that we were just talking about earlier mm -hmm. about like if I'm comfortable but my sister is not, mm -hmm. then we've got to do something, yeah. right? Like we can't really be like at peace if they're not at peace. Yeah. Like there is that connection, yeah. and I think this connects us. Like I'm telling you, as much as it sounds so. Oh, Mel couldn't wear a same dress, a black dress for five days until she almost had a meltdown. Uh -huh. Yeah. 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 Because our, our, our lifestyle has been about different clothing and consumerism and comfort and style and all of that. And yet millions of people have not even a choice of that. Yeah. Like, so for giving Tuesday, you what can is that show even? up with your resources, which, you know, we will honor and, and use, but you can also, for December, I think it's a deeper invitation. Will you show up with your whole self? Will you be vulnerable oh, and yeah. courageous Good. enough in a dress or a tie yeah. or even crazy enough, right? Well, that's okay. We can be, make ourselves a fool for the sake of those who are enslaved, right? Like don't take it too seriously. Yeah. Have fun. There's no dress police. There's no tie police. Just no, like, exactly. narrow down on your why. Why, right? And then just let that motivate mm, you and sustain Good. You. Jocelyn, you have been fantastic. I could talk with you for I hours. I know. We should go um, out. I want to. <laughs> I know. Let's go let's out. 
Where are you right now? Where are you coming I from? I am coming from Tennessee in the U.S., but I have family in okay. Calgary, so. Okay, great. Yeah. Great city. Yep. A little farther it. from kind of the greater Toronto right. area, but we definitely will need to meet. Yes, let's do it. Um, yeah, as we, as we close this conversation, unfortunately, for, for the woman mm-hmm. and the man who is like, okay, I, I'm tracking um, what's your encouragement to them if they're, if they're like, okay, I'm ready to take the first step in advocacy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been way too long on the sidelines, just watching and, and letting other people do the work. What would you say to encourage them? Well, I would say today, it's not too late. You're not too late. Mm-hmm. And taking a step today is at least a step forward, right? Mm-hmm. So that would be my encouragement. Take the step, take that one step and and momentum yep. will move you forward and you will be changed. And I, I remember this, our VP of spiritual formation at IJM said this to me, that God invites us to this mission and is with us in this mission, but he also transforms us through the mission. And so you're setting up for something that will transform you and will also transform the lives of the most vulnerable in our world. And that to me, I mean, that sounds pretty good. Yes, <laughs> totally, 100%. Yeah, that's great. Jocelyn White, Director of Partner Engagement for International Justice Mission. What a pleasure. I am inspired by you. Like, keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. We'll be praying for you. Um, you know, here at See Her Love, we're going to do our best to really push this out and get as many people uh, to support the work that you and your colleagues are doing all over the world to be a shadow soldier. Um, yeah, so good. So thank you so, so much for being with me today, lending your voice to for women and men all around the world. Uh, Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Melinda, for having me. You are such a powerhouse and such an influential figure. And I can't wait for us to go out and to get to know each other more. Yes, please. In our dresses. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jocelyn, so much. Hey, everyone. We're so excited to share that this year, See Her Love is partnering with International Justice Mission Canada, IJM Canada, and December Canada. Now, December is a community of international advocates utilizing fashion and creativity to help end human trafficking and restore dignity to all women. And since 2013, December has raised over $13 million through their annual style challenge and over 35,000 men and women have joined the movement. You can sign up and commit, here it is, to wearing a dress or tie every day of December. And then you create your own fundraising page. You set a goal on how much you want to raise, and then you share about the realities of human trafficking and why you are raising funds with your community, your family, your colleagues, anybody to help free those in slavery and human trafficking. So when you donate to or fundraise on behalf of December Canada, you're helping to protect some of the world's most vulnerable communities through IJM's global efforts, including those in the Philippines, uh, like you heard about today. IJM and December's vision is a world where justice for the poor is unstoppable and all people are free. So all you have to do is join us by going to IJM.ca slash see here love. IJM dot 
CA slash see here love has all the information about how to get involved, how to fundraise, what you can wear, but be creative. We'd love to see you doing it. Hashtag us at see here love as well on our socials so that we can all be together as we do this. So again, IJM.ca slash see here love and let's end human trafficking and slavery today together. Thank you again, Jocelyn White, for a great conversation. It was like talking with your best friend, like your sister. Uh, And no, Jocelyn, we're praying for you uh, in the work that you do. And just a reminder that it's Giving Tuesday. And so if you would like to give this Tuesday or even this week uh, to help rescue the thousands of women and men and children that are enslaved or that are being exploited, um, online go to ijm.ca slash see here love ijm.ca slash see here love to give the other thing that you can do is you can sign up for December uh, wear a dress or a tie every day uh, raise money uh, through your community your colleagues your family and your friends um, as you wear that one dress or tie uh, you can also just give uh, to a um, a person who is doing it. But yes, ijm.ca slash see here love and give for Giving Tuesday. But just some final thoughts. Um, I, I think the most compelling of this conversation with Jocelyn was the one. You know, we we sing the song, we read the scripture that he leaves, God leaves the 99 for the one. And I think if you're overwhelmed by the numbers, think of the one. Think of the one girl that you will rescue, the one boy you will rescue, the one woman that will be freed from slavery after 20 years of not having any choice about her life. It's the one. So I hope you join us. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you so much, International Justice Mission, Canada and U.S., for being an amazing partner with us for this Justice Week. And always know as you advocate, as you liberate, that you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Thanks for joining us today.